Uh, let me see where I'll have you turn. Romans chapter 8, please. As I was waking up Thursday morning, I had this thought that was running through my mind and I shared it with Diana. And it was the thought, enough is enough. And um, there are things that somewhere, sooner or later, we need to take a stand on. We need to take authority over and, and different things like that. But I heard that. And, and there was a picture to it. And I, I can't give you the picture because how he put them together doesn't make sense to me completely, but he did. So, um, And then I woke up this morning and this thought was running through my mind. And I think it was God. And he said, we can't be a victim and be victorious at the same time. We can't be a victim okay, and walk and become what God wants us to become at the same time. They are two opposites of each other. If you're a victim... You're always going to play that victim card. You're always going to move that way. And that's going to be your identity. But if you're a believer, sooner or later, God wants you to drop the victimhood and He wants you to adopt the overcominghood. And I don't know what, how do you say it any other way. But He's called us to be overcomers, right? Well, then guess what? In our lives, there are things that He wants us to overcome and one of them is being a victim. And... Yet we sit here and we, we think of ourselves as a victim, so we think of ourselves so much lower than what God thinks of us. And I'm on this, you know, finding ourselves, finding our identity, because we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know that He has a plan and a purpose for us, that He made us, that we're not here by accident. And I don't care what you've been through. We've all been through hard things. We're all going to experience difficult things because we live in a fallen world. If you think you're going to escape it, just keep getting older. You know, when you're young, you think everything is great, but sooner or later, you're going to feel some great pain. And you can't escape it. And if you're going to be a victim, you can't become what God has called you to be. And one of the things that God has called us to be is to be a, a conduit, a steward of heaven to earth. He doesn't want us to live down here and just live according to what we see and according to what we feel and according to the circumstances that face us. He wants us to live with the understanding that our home is in heaven and that's where he is and our thoughts are going to be with him. And they're going to come down and then we're going to make a difference. Just like Jesus made a difference. And we, we walk around and, and we just kind of, you know, we don't have the right understanding of who we are. Do you know that as a believer you have two identities? You have the natural one and then you have your God one. Now what God would like to do is bring them together 
and, and let your natural one be influenced by the heavenly one, but not be excluded. You know, we exclude God. We, we have spiritual and secular. God doesn't have spiritual and secular. He has spiritual and physical. And He wants those two to work together and to cooperate together. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. And, and that's why we have a body. Because we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And if we would tap into what God has for us, if we would understand all that He has for us, and we would begin to understand and elevate our spiritual life greater than our natural life, that we would pay attention to the Holy Spirit, we would allow Him to merge the two of our beings together, we would be a powerhouse for the Lord. There would be almost nothing that is impossible when we allow heaven to flow through us onto earth, when we allow God to work through us. You heard it this morning, and you know we're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. So our first allegiance needs to be to God, not to the natural. And whether or not we are spiritual, I mean, when I say that we're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience, that's true whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you place your faith in Jesus or not. Because if you're alive on earth, you're going to live forever, just not on earth. While you're on earth and you don't know when that's going to end, that's when you are going to decide and figure out where you're going to spend eternity, where your spiritual man is going to be forever. And so don't think that you have tomorrow because tomorrow's not promised to us. This afternoon's not promised to us. But if we were to set our mind on the spiritual things, then we would begin to see life differently. And we wouldn't, We wouldn't always have the struggles that we have. On Wednesday, I have this enough is enough moment. On Friday, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to work because she's in so much pain. We live in both worlds. Yes, we have a natural world, but we can't just give to that. And what Diana has been through and the things that she has overcome in the natural is just totally amazing to me. Gives me a lot of hope. Because she is just stuck with it. I mean, I'm like, you're trying to kiss her goodbye and she's in tears and she's like, and you're like, do I go? Do I not go? So I, I don't want you to think that, you know, when I'm saying this, our life is a piece of cake. You know, it's not. But what we do know is, is God is faithful. I know I have you in Romans, but let me remind you of Colossians because we've looked at this. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. 
seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you died, you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You see, where we set our minds is a choice. And you're either going to set your mind on being a victim or you're going to set your mind on being a child of God. And if you want to be a child of God, then you're going to have to grow in that. You're going to have to grow in your faith. But as you do that, you're going to lose your victimhood. You're going to lose that identity. We can be influenced in our minds spiritually or in a godly way, or we can be influenced in the natural, in our thinking. And the choice is ours. Where we set our minds determines where we go. Who is going to rule in our life, in our circumstances. And it determines, are we going to believe what we see with our natural eyes, or are we going to believe for the impossible to be done because we see through spiritual eyes. And we're going to look at that in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5. Romans 8, 5 says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So, let me just share this with you. If you want to be a victim, guess what? You have set your mind on being a victim. If you want to be a worm and just eat dirt the rest of your life, then guess what? That's what you've set your mind on. And as well as the fleshly things. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is, say it with me, death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Therefore, or those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, I'm just reading what it says. So don't get angry at me. But where we set our minds determines who we are and how we are going to live. We, either, we are either going to be fleshly by keeping our mind on the things of the natural, on the things of the flesh, or we're going to change where we set our mind. Because prior to coming to Christ, we don't have a choice. All we know is what we see in the natural. But when we come to Christ, we can rise above whatever we see in the natural, whatever the circumstances are in the natural. We can rise above that and we can allow God to begin to work supernaturally in our life. We can rise above the natural life and its limitations. Yeah, I'm beginning to see how limited we are in the natural, but how unlimited we are in the supernatural, in the walking with the Spirit of God. 
And that's what we're called to do. God has called us to walk supernaturally. He hasn't called us to walk just naturally. But He wants to infuse everything in us so that He comes out of us. But it takes effort to rise above what's in the natural because then we have to give ourselves to God. We have to give ourselves to His Word. We have to give ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And when we've done all of that, then we have to obey it. I mean, what good is it if you declare that you want to hear from God and you hear from Him and then you don't do it? That doesn't make any sense at all, but that's how we live our Christian life. We have to choose life. We have to choose Christ. Otherwise, we stay in death. If we want to be natural, then all we have to do is to keep living. Keep setting your mind on the things of the earth, of the things in the natural, of the things in the flesh. But if we want to live according to the Spirit, being spiritually minded, then we have to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. That is something that we have to do. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by having good intentions. It happens by us setting our mind on those things. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, exp explains the results or the consequences of where we set our minds. He said in verse 6 again, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. So if you don't want life, then just keep setting your mind on things on the earth, on the flesh. So, Setting our mind on the flesh equals death. Setting our mind on the spirit, he says, equals life and peace. And I'm here to tell you, life and peace is so much better than death. And he's not talking about life and peace in the by and by. He's talking about life and peace now. We can rise above all of this. And again, where we set our mind is our choice. No one can make them up for us. We have to make them up. If you'll turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30, we're going to see this parallel from Romans chapter 8 in what Moses tells the Israelites. But I, I got a few more to, things to say about Romans chapter 8, okay? But you just make your way to Deuteronomy chapter 30. In Romans chapter 8, he talks about that the mindset on the flesh leads to death. And then he explains why. Okay, verse, verses 7 and 8 said this. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Everybody say hostile. You know, we read that and we just kind of think, oh, well, okay. No, it's not okay. Do you want... Think of the ramifications of being hostile with God. I don't want to. Now, in the flesh, we're all going to make mistakes, but God has given us the ability to repent. What Paul is talking about is those who haven't repented and those who have set their mind on the things of the earth. And he says, you're hostile to God. That's a dangerous place to live. 
You don't want to be hostile with God. And he says, but if you set your mind on the flesh, then you're hostile with God. For it does not submit to God's laws. Indeed, it cannot. You can't be what God has called you to be when your mind is set on being a victim. Or being anything else down here. They're not in agreement. You can't do it at the same time. And then in verse 8, he says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I don't want to be in that place where I am hostile with God to the place where I can't and I don't have the ability to please Him. I don't want to live there. I don't even want to come close to that edge. And so, the only way to get out of the flesh and to get out of death is to be born again and then to choose to set our minds on things above, on, on God. <coughs> in Roman, I mean in uh, Deuteronomy, I, I learned this principle years ago. And it has helped me out so much. I've shared it with you several times, but you know, it never hurts to share it again. But here's what I've heard, and, and, I've, and it's true. We are automatic, as soon as we are born, we are automatically enrolled in death, in the life of the flesh. That's all we know. But it is not until we come to Christ and we place our faith in Him that we have the option to rise above that. And to set our minds on things above. If you don't know Jesus, how are you going to set your mind on things above where Christ is seated? At the right hand of God? You can't. But as believers, we can. But what is so amazing to me is how many believers choose not to. We don't want to. Maybe it's because of effort or whatever, but... Or, or maybe it's because you just don't trust God because you've never been able to trust anybody else. Get over your victimhood. Just because you couldn't trust anybody else does not mean you can't trust God. And he, what God is trying to get you to see, even though you can't trust man, you can certainly trust Him. Man is always going to change. God is never going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can count on it. Man, look, I know y'all gain an hour of sleep, but I'm getting excited, and y'all, I'm not sure that you are yet. So, because of the fall of man, we are automatically enrolled into death. And the only way out of that is Jesus, but it's not just placing our faith in Him, but it's also choosing to set our minds on Him, on the Spirit. On God. Okay, so we've watched Paul do this. And now I'm going to read to you out of Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting in verse 15. And this is Moses telling the Israelites the same thing. Just different kind of wording. But he's saying the same thing. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 30. Oh, 
Ah, I gotta cool down for this. Deuteronomy 30:15. See, everybody say see. We're not talking Spanish yet, but see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. What's he saying? Okay, he's telling them, look, you're going to have the opportunity to decide where you're going to set your minds. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, and by keeping uh, His commandments and His statutes and His rules. And I have in parentheses in my notes, mindset on things above. Okay, because when he's reading, when he's saying that, he's talking about setting our mind on things above. That if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, these are things that we have to do. It, it, we don't become what God wants us to become by just sitting around and hoping that osmosis is going to work. We become what God wants us to become by us setting our mind on things above. Having our attention on God. And, and this is where he's talking about. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God. You can't love God and not keep his commandments. It's impossible. And I'm not talking about being perfect. But being, having a heart that wants to please Him and love Him and serve Him by doing what He says. By walking in His ways and by keeping His commandments and His statutes and His rules. Then, everybody say then. Then you shall live. So what happens if you don't do these things? You ain't living. You're not choosing life and good. You're choosing death and evil. But he says, if you will do these, he says, then you shall live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to, to take possession of it. So that's a choice that we have. Are we going to, he says, see, I have set before you life and good, death and evil. We have to choose where we're going to set our minds. And he says, but if, and he says, if you will do this, but notice now verse 17. Verse 17 says, but if, everybody say, but if. Whoo, those aren't always good. Unless God's coming behind it and he ain't coming behind this one. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, and I have in parentheses, uh, mindset on natural things, fleshly things. So we're not setting them on God because previous Moses said, if you will set your mind on, he didn't say it like that, but he said, if you will start doing these things. But now he says, but if you don't, verse 18, here, here comes. But if you don't, I declare to you today 
that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. What is that? Death. You see, we have to choose whether we're going to follow God or not. Just because your parents do doesn't mean you're going to. Just because your great aunt did or your great grandma did or somebody else did doesn't mean you are. We all have a choice of what we're going to do. Are we going to set our mind on things above? Are we going to be spiritually minded and allow heaven to come down to earth through us? Or are we going to be a victim? We can't do both. We can't be a victim and please God. We can't be a victim and become all that God intended for us to become. And she hasn't even heard this yet. Verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. You see, he doesn't say therefore choose death because we're already in it. We're born into death. He's saying, look, if you want to get out of death, then you have to choose life. Choose Jesus. I mean, he's speaking prophetically. But he's teaching us a principle of where are we going to set our minds? Where are we placing our faith? And if you're going to say that you're going to have faith in God, then be ready to work hard for the rest of your life. Because the enemy is going to come after you and he's going to try and get you to choose death Every single day. Every moment of every single day. And it's going to be a fight that you have to choose to say no to that and to choose life. And as I'm sharing, I'm reminded in, uh, I don't remember, one of Timothy's. When Paul wrote a letter, he says, I think it's first. He says, fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight, but we don't want to fight it for some reason. We just want to be a victim. Because being a victim is easy. What do you do to be a victim? Nothing! You just live. You just breathe air. You breathe what the world has to say. You don't take anything in that God has. You don't have the ability to think about, set your mind on things above. Mm. He says, therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. And then we'll sit here and we'll say, oh, well, pastor, I want to choose life. I want what you're talking about. Okay, then get ready to work hard. Let me refresh your memory real quick. Verse 16 says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways. Do you know... Walking in His ways does not come naturally to any of us that I am aware of. We have to choose that. Now, the more we choose it, the better off we get at it, but it's still not natural. When difficult things happen our way, do you think we wake up and we start rejoicing in it right away? No, we don't. But eventually and quickly, we are going to start rejoicing in it because we trust God. But that, this is what it talks about. By walking in His ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules. And he doesn't say, Richard, do you feel like it today? 
do you feel like keeping my statutes? He doesn't ask me that. He just expects me to keep them. He, he didn't write them with me in mind and say, you think this is okay for you to do? He doesn't. He doesn't give me an option. He tells me what I'm supposed to do and then I have a choice. Am I going to do it or not? Back to verse 19. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live. Verse 20. Loving the Lord your God. Obeying His voice. And holding fast to Him. For He is your life and length of days. That you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to, and to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them. You see, what God was speaking through Moses, He spoke through Paul as well. We have to choose life. We have to choose it every day. And it's... Here, here's the thing that I see in the church that we like more than choosing life. We like convenience. Convenience. If it's convenient for us, we'll do it. If it fits into our plan, we'll do it. If it feels good enough for us, we'll do it. Well, I tell you one thing. Your flesh doesn't like to do the things of God. Your flesh doesn't wake you up in the morning and say, come on, we're going to go walk, walk with God today. We're going to go love people today. We're going to go to work happy today. Anybody wake up like that? No. It's a challenge where we're going to set our minds. But God wants us to choose life. Choose blessing. But we have to do that by setting our mind on things above. Not on earthly things. Not on the fleshly things that lead to death, that are hostile to God, that cannot please Him. You know, it's amazing to me how we set our mind on the natural things and then we sit there and we say, oh, well, we're just going to love God. You can't, according to Romans. Do you want to be a flicker the rest of your Christian life? Or do you want to be a spotlight, a bright light for God? You know, convenience says, oh, we'll just be a little flicker. I'll just let my light shine. I don't want to be a, a flicker. I want to be everything that God has called me to be. I want to be a full light for Him. I want to be a display for Him. I want people to see Jesus through me. And that only happens when we set our mind on things above. Where Christ is. Where He's seated with God at the right hand. You can stand with me.
I started this by telling you the morning that I woke up and God said, enough is enough. And I have learned that until enough is enough, you're not going to change. <laughs> until we come to the place where enough is enough and we're sick and tired of living in death, we're not going to choose life. As long as you're comfortable, as long as death is convenient for you and nobody's demanding too much of you, asking too much of you, then you're just going to float through life choosing death. But to rise above that, to become what God wants you to become, you have to choose it. And, and it's not just making a one-time choice, but it's doing what Paul and Moses are telling us there's a lot of work to be done if you're going to set your mind on things above. There's a lot to do. But I'm telling you, that's where the life and the peace is. That's where you hook up with God and you find the joy that He has for us. And there's a reason that God wants us to choose life. Because it's good. It's so much better. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to share this or not. I'm going to share it, but I don't want to be insensitive to anybody. We need to come to the place where we understand that life is better than death. Okay? I'm going to give you a for instance. This week, I was informed that a good friend of ours lost their 37-year-old son. Been over to their house. It happened, they found out Wednesday night. I've been over there Thursday and Friday. Touched bases with them yesterday. Touched base with them this morning. And can I tell you from practical experience that life is better than death? He was a believer too. But it's still hard. Choosing God is so much better than not choosing God. The rewards are so much better. And I'm not talking about the by and by rewards. I'm talking about here and now rewards are so much better. It's a difficult thing. When somebody dies, when, when you experience death, it's not pleasurable. Can I share? It wasn't easy going over to Nicole's house the night of the phone call to, to find out that her husband had died unexpectedly. And to walk with her through that journey. It's not easy. And it hasn't been easy for her, but she's stuck with God. 
And there are times that I know that she was angry and frustrated with the way God was doing things in her life. You look at how it's going to be the rest of her life and she has two beautiful little boys to take care of. That's not easy. That's why God says, choose life. And the only way we choose life is to set our minds on things above. And I remember the night that I was over at her house when she got the message. And I go over there and, and I'm hugging her before I leave. And she tells me, and this is when I knew she was going to be all right. I did, and when I say she was going to be all right, I'm not saying that it was going to be smooth sailing. She was going to have some rough sailing to go through, rough waters to tread through, but she did, and she still is. But she said to me, I am going to make it. She had settled in her heart and in her mind she was going to trust God even though it was going to be one of the hardest things she was ever going to have to do. I'm here to tell you, life is so much better than death. Therefore, choose life that it may go well with you and with your offspring in the land that God has given us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and the love that you have for us. And Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have so much for us. And I pray that we would be a people who want to tap into that, who want to walk in all that you have for us, who choose life and blessing and not death and curse. Father, help us to be that kind of people. Lord, let us settle in our hearts that enough is enough. And Father, help us to understand that truth that we can't be a victim and be what you've called us to be at the same time. We have to, that's the tension we live in and we're going to choose one or the other, but we can't choose both. We can't choose to be a victim and choose to be what you've called us to be. Either we're going to be a victim and we're going to forfeit what you've, the life you've given us, or Father, we're going to choose life. And if we choose life and if we choose to walk with you, it's not going to be easy, but Father, we're going to let go of that victimhood. Because we can't do both at the same time. If we're going to become what you've called us to be, Father, I thank you. That victimhood has to go. And Father, may it leave us now in Jesus' name. And may we set our heart and our mind on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God in heaven. And may you be glorified in our life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, go live. Go live.